Well, thank you for that kind introduction. I am indeed grateful for the opportunity to address all of you at Capital Link's 14th Annual International Shipping Forum. The fact that we are still able to meet in a virtual way serves to highlight something else that is also incredibly important, yet too all easily forgotten. I'm referring to the astounding ability of our fellow human beings to solve problems through a powerful phenomenon that we call innovation. By any measure, the fruits of innovation are everywhere. Not just our ability to have this meeting remotely, but just about everything else in our lives, from transportation and communication to science and medicine, all has been touched by this game-changing force. And I can attest that the world's energy landscape has been affected as well. And today, I will talk about that landscape from an innovation perspective. I will summarize the progress the United States has achieved in energy. Progress that has made not just America, but much of the world more energy secure. Progress that I fully expect will continue despite the undeniable trials that we are going through today. I will also discuss the great opportunities and challenges of tomorrow facing both energy and shipping industries, including the opportunity to export energy resources and the challenge of ensuring reliable energy delivery. Here in the United States, under President Trump's leadership, we have set the stage for progress in several ways. Long before the virus emerged, we enacted the largest tax cuts and reforms in U.S. history, making our business tax rate competitive with the world. We've cut more regulations than any administration in U.S. history, with nearly 22 regulations cut for each new one created saving families and businesses more than $30 billion per year. And our bilateral trade deals are projected to strongly increase domestic economic activity. By cutting taxes and regulations, we provided both the incentive and the freedom to innovate. And as a consequence, we've been producing our energy more abundantly and cleanly and from a wider range of sources than ever. And we've been deploying every one of these sources as part of an all of the above strategy for our nation and the world. Thanks to innovation, we've been leading the world in producing oil and natural gas and in reducing energy related carbon emissions. Thanks to innovation, we become the world's second largest generator of zero emissions wind and solar power, we're poised to produce more zero emissions nuclear energy, and we continue to make coal cleaner. Thanks to innovation, we've generated a tremendous energy bounty, which kept world prices from skyrocketing and world supplies from plummeting during times when other energy producing nations faced serious crises or endangered peace and security across the globe. And let me add that I am confident that our energy bounty 
will again meet world demand after the coronavirus recedes. Because of that bounty, we are today pursuing our interests abroad without fear of energy blackmail or retaliation. And because of that bounty, we will one day liberate our friends and allies from similar dangers with the help of a robust international shipping industry, maintaining global opportunities of choice in energy supply. Today, we are already exporting our liquefied natural gas to 38 nations on five continents. And by that action, we are bolstering their energy security by providing them with true energy diversity and choice. And to accomplish this, we rely on the availability of very large scale LNG carriers. Today, the U.S. is once again a global exporter of crude, making us an economic competitor in the global markets and challenging the dominancy of Russia and the OPEC countries. And we rely on the availability of very large crude carriers and ultra-large crude carriers to maintain this dominance. In short, I am convinced that as long as our energy policies favor innovation over regulation, the United States will continue to advance its own energy security and that of the world by producing in large enough quantities and by diverse enough sources with the support of a modern and efficient international shipping industry. I'd like to now talk about the opportunities and challenges facing your industry and the topics of this conference. Indeed, the banner of your conference says much about the headwinds facing your industry. The Roaring Twenties, the Four Ds, disruption, digitalization, decarbonization, and the new decade. You will hear from experts on the IMO 2020 low sulfur fuel regulations and the decarbonization and sustainability of your industry. Now regarding the low sulfur regulations, the U.S. has been a leader in anticipating these regulations and conducting studies and scientific analyses on how best to assist the shipping industry to come into compliance in an efficient and economic way. Several of our national labs, along with our sister agency, the U.S. Department of Transportation's Maritime Administration, conducted lubricant and engine performance studies expecting these changes to ship operations and lubricant and fuel formulations. In 2018, our department initiated a multi-laboratory study to outline the opportunities and research challenges of using biofuels in marine shipping. Participating DOE labs included Oak Ridge, Argonne, our National Renewable Energy Laboratory, and our Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. In 2019, our department's Bioenergy Technology Office initiated a marine biofuel program emphasizing technical feasibility, life cycle analysis, and techno-economic analysis. As a result, our Oak Ridge Lab authored a primer for the U.S. Department of Transportation Maritime Administration to inform ship owners and operators of changes in regulations and biofuels use. Turning to decarbonization, 
The transportation industry is now the target of many calling for drastic reductions in fossil fuel use and for dramatic reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. Now for years, the electric power sector was the focus of reductions and as a result of employing more natural gas and renewables and making emission reductions technologies, it is now the transportation sector that is the leading source of emissions in many countries. Thus, later in your conference, you will hear from experts in the shipping industry as how to address this issue creatively. I encourage you to develop plans and objectives based on innovation and deregulation to avoid draconian measures imposed by those with little understanding of your industry. Now you will also have discussions about sustainability. Like decarbonization, this issue has taken root over the past several years in other industries and now is growing within your industry. Today, many expect that the fuels we use and the goods we make and transport are part of a circular economy based on lower emissions and the reuse of products. It's important for your industry, indeed for all, to analyze opportunities to formulate business plans that highlight your efforts to address these expectations utilizing innovation as a basis to achieve your goals. So in conclusion, we at the Department of Energy see this upcoming decade as an exciting time for the international shipping industry. We expect to continue U.S. exports of oil, natural gas, and with the new trade deal in effect, we expect to increase exports of commodities to all parts of the world. We look forward to sharing our innovative fuels and engine technologies with others, allowing us to maintain a vibrant international shipping community and help reach its decarbonization and sustainability goals. And we will do it by choosing innovation over regulation. If we do, we will continue our economic progress and transform the world's energy landscape. And once we get past our current crisis, we will enhance the prosperity and well-being of nations, including our own, all across the globe. Thank you for allowing me to address you here today, and I wish you success in your conference.